Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. It kind of caught me off guard a little bit there. <laughs> How are you all doing this morning? Thanks, everybody. It is Tuesday. And I'm happy to report that the elections are behind us. Just this past Tuesday, last Tuesday, we all woke up being very unsure of how this would entirely play out and having no idea how this was going to play out. But thankfully, it is over. <laughs> Despite the lawsuits that are going, the lawsuits are just for show. It's kind of like, I took your money and uh, I need to show you that I actually spent your money for the purpose that I said I would. That's what the Trump campaign is doing. They know they they know it's over and it's over for him decidedly. So they're taking, they're just going through the, the process of making, you know, trying to prove to everybody that I fought for you in case he decides to come back in 2024. I can just tell you right now, it's not going to happen. He's not coming back in 2024. It's over. It's done. But the Republican Party has a problem. Trump has been their most popular surrogate so far. And so millions of people, literally 71 million people voted for the guy. And he still couldn't win because the Democrats outvoted him five to one, it looks like, because the Democrats are now, uh, Joe Biden is probably now near 76 million votes. So it was a resounding victory. He won the popular vote by almost five million. That's a lot. That's a huge margin. But at the same time, though, we, we're still questioning uh, so many people showing out for, for Trump, even in the midst of a pandemic. You've lost family members. The economy tanked. He obviously demonstrates that he's only here for rich people, but you still went out and voted for him. So the Republican Party is looking at this like, this guy has traction. We don't want to anger his base because even in pushing Trump out of the White House, that's why they're not getting around the idea of concession and telling him he should concede because they don't want to lose their base. And it's also attached to the fact that there's a runoff election in Georgia that's going to happen on January 5th. They don't want to push and further alienate people. Now, to be honest with you, it's highly unlikely that the Republicans are going to get any of those Senate seats in Georgia. It's it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I can tell you that. Why? Because the people who probably would have been on the fence and who who are getting a second chance to vote are going to look at how Trump has acted in the last, since the elections happened, and they're going to be like, just now, just now, just now. We don't want these people there. One of the candidates in that, Ms. Loeffler, Senator Loeffler, I discovered is a very wealthy woman. She's valued, her net worth is $500 million. But more interestingly is that her husband is the president of the New York Stock Exchange. And you wonder why under this administration, the stock market boomed. So yesterday I had a caller who took me on and was ready to tell me to get out of the country. He was very disrespectful, very hateful, typifies the typical Trump supporter who hates everybody. 
uh, ignoring the fact that this is not his country because he doesn't own it, his name is not on the title for it. Uh, and secondly, your ancestors pillaged and robbed the people who were here before. So it's kind of like not your country. So that's a wake up call. So I reminded him that my birthright is vested here because my ancestors worked for 250 years without getting paid. So that took care of that effectively. Shut up. I should have shut him up, but I guess this is the thing with these people. This is the divisiveness, and this is the thing I've talked about endlessly, the divide and conquer mentality and ideology that even after the elections are over, as Americans, we're supposed to shake our hands and say, okay, we disagreed, the elections are over, can we go back to having a beer? Can we go back to having a drink? Can we go back to unite around football? Can we go back to unite around this great country that we all love so much and that we just want to be, we're so happy that we live here? I hope that that happens. It probably is not likely to happen for some time because the seeds of divisiveness. And so they're going to try to find, even after Trump is gone, and they are going to make sure he's gone. Trust me, give it six months. Donald Trump is going to be surprised that in six months, nobody will be taking his phone calls. Because once the swearing in happens, the focus is now going to shift. And if you don't believe me, just watch the runoff elections in Georgia. You will get a pretty good idea of how bad this is going to go for him after the runoff elections. Because the Republicans are not going to win that. They've already cursed out the governor of Georgia, the secretary of state, their own people who are Republican, by the way, by accusing them of rigging the election and so on. No, just because they didn't make you win. What did you want them to do? They're running a fair electoral process that they are cognizant that they could go to prison for. Nobody wants jail time. Nobody's encouraging wearing orange jumpsuit. And so <laughs> So when this runoff election happens, it's going to give you a pretty good, but Donald Trump is over. That the Trump is over, but the divisiveness that he caused is not over. Evidenced by the fact that somebody called into my show yesterday to curse me out and tell me off. And I'm a broadcaster. I'm paying for my airtime. He's not paying my purse. He doesn't own the house I live in. He doesn't own my properties. He doesn't own my businesses. He doesn't write me a check, but he called to tell me off. That just shows you the plumness of these people, that they think they can get away with it. Well, I know he's listening because I know he would come back and want to hear some more. And I, I, I hope he does. And I hope he brought a lot of surrogates with him because I'm going to tell everybody on Twitter, come listen to this dude. And I'm going to get his name and get look him up and put his picture out there so everyone knows just how racist people can be and just how terrible people can be. This is exactly what we're talking about. Uh, I would uh, seek to remind people that we're still in the midst of a pandemic and the cases are spiking in Michigan. At this time, the cases are not spiking in the Detroit area as happened the first time. This is coming from Northern Michigan to Mid-Michigan where a lot more uh, uh, Caucasians live. And a lot more white people live there. So the cases are out of control. Do you know yesterday Michigan reported over 9,000 cases of coronavirus? Look at my face. Just look at my face. I am like, I, I, I literally took a breath. I found myself yesterday breathless at that revelation that I saw streaming 
on, on that came up was a notification on my cell phone. I couldn't believe it. Nine thousand cases of coronavirus. Dudes and dudes, we have never had these many cases, not even in the first wave. We are sitting in dire, dire straits. And into this debacle comes the Affordable Care Act, commonly referred to as Obamacare. And the Republicans have decided that this is their thing. This is their shit tick. This is the ish that drives them. They're going to repeal the Affordable Care Act right here, right now. They have submitted their case to the Supreme Court where Trump has appointed three people. Just like that gentleman said yesterday. He's not a gentleman. He's a jerk who called in yesterday and told me off by saying that we're going to take this to the Supreme Court as if the Supreme Court is the law. Dude, they're going to change the Supreme Court. And they're going to change the makeup of the court in just a bit. They're going to put Pete Buttigieg or, or, or another person who is either LGBTQ on the court, either Stacey Abrams or someone else, and they're going to put more Black people and Latina people on the court just to make sure you cannot call into my show and tell me off and tell me to get out of the country. It's not your country. It's my country. I pay taxes here. Okay? So get off. Right? So when you look into this, into this debacle comes the Affordable Care Act. And you have to ask yourself, seriously? And you, you say to yourself, well, maybe uh, the Republicans feel that 71 million uh, of their people, obviously they didn't think it was a big deal because they voted him back in. Well, it's kind of like when you look across the electoral map, I, I myself wondered about that and I wondered for all you know sorts of sociological reasons why and you know people can say well he acts like a dictator so the the fascination with 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 that but I think it's more about the messaging than anything else you can get people faster with your messaging and here's why Trump is a master brand maker Trump recognized early that he it does not have the intellectual prowess needed to become president of the United States. He knew that. He could not sit and think in straight sentences and able to decipher meaningful change on a global level. He couldn't have those conversations. He lacked a a basic understanding of governance, and he didn't even have geography as his backbone. He didn't even know that Puerto Rico, for instance, is a territory of the United States, meaning that it's politically connected to the United States, even though physically it's not. That's kind of very lacking. That's basic civics lessons, right? So Trump understood that. So he he attacked the presidency and politics the same way he attacks everything else. He treated it like it was a show, right? So he presented himself and presented himself to the public as the out there politician who is bold enough to say what you what other politicians are not bold enough to say. So he presented himself like, I'm bold enough to say things, and I can say it, and the people will love it. And he was right. The people loved it. They lapped it up. He was saying exactly what they wanted to say. When you look at the electoral map of uh, 25, 30 years ago, most of the country was blue because it was what working class whites, working class people, who made it up. The Republicans were the, the party of the elite. Remember that? The Republican Party was never for the working class person. 
It was always for the elite. So most of the country was blue. That was 30 years ago. Well, what has happened over time is that as more people become, uh, start leaving the working class, as more people, uh, other people of color start coming into the country, becoming naturalized, more people start, uh, more people of color coming into the country, they take a grim look at what looks like it's going to happen. So initially the Republicans said, well, let's go after the Latino vote. They're closer to conservatism as espoused by Republicans and Republicanism. Conservatism as defined as uh, love of God, faith, love of family, love of country, that kind of loyalty. So the Republicans went after the Latina population and they subscribed to it, irrespective of the fact that that's just emotional. Because behind that, the Republicans really don't care about anybody else if you're not rich. But they cloaked their message and their delivery. So what the Republicans have done is their delivery was always very mean. Their delivery changed. Their delivery was, I'll smile with you, but I'm stabbing you in the back. I'm still going to effect draconian policies that are going to dis- marginalize, disenfranchise people anywhere you live, the people who look exactly like you. But on TV, when I come to shake your hand, I'm going to smile with you and you're going to vote for me. Trump didn't do that. Trump just called a spade a spade. If you're a toad, he called you a toad. And because he's a showman and he's a celebrity, then the celebrity culture and the people behind him, they wanted to be a part of that. So he became their hero because he's now saying exactly what people wanted to say because the economic policies of the Republicans have disenfranchised more Americans over time than anything else. People can't buy a house. You don't have a job. Job security went out the window. You think uh, what's his name? Clinton is responsible for it. Clinton just effected globalization as a way of making money. The problems had already started prior to, let's be clear, Reaganomics in the 1980s made globalization that Clinton espoused a reality. You see what I'm saying? Good morning. <laughs> Somebody's saying me good morning. Good morning, Eric, right? So Clinton just created an idea and formulated an idea around the idea that if we go overseas, then it will make American companies more productive. But that was because of Reaganomics in the 1980s. So now, <laughs> Eric, just tell them for me, right? <laughs> so now, <laughs> so now what you have is that people are now saying, oh my God, uh, oh, well, I am white, therefore I'm Republican. The Republican Party has never been interested in working class whites. That's not their base. Their base is Republicanism. But over time, people started gravitating towards it simply because the makeup of the Democratic Party changed because the Democratic Party supported workers and workers' rights. The Democratic Party is interested in unions and unionization. The Republican Party does not like unions because unions are what? A threat to someone who owns a business. Someone who owns a business wants to know that he has the power to hire and fire and he doesn't have to pay his workers anything. Clear cut and simple. That is what you're seeing play out. So now here comes Trump and all those people who had left the Republican Party who were still like, oh, I don't know. They kind of like the Bushes and all the other rich people too much. All those people 
Suddenly, Trump comes and he brings them all back. So Mitch McConnell et al. and all of them sit back and they're like, we have to handle Trump with kids' gloves. That's why when Trump was throwing a fit and doing all that stuff, they didn't say anything to Trump because they didn't want to anchor his base. They wanted the people who vote for Trump to vote straight Republican down the ticket. And that's exactly what they did. They voted straight Republican down the ticket. What has happened? What is going to happen in Georgia? Is they're going to, the Republicans are going to lose those two Senate seats. Because right now, Biden is about to win the state of Georgia and add to his electoral vote count. And the people now who are watching how the Republicans are acting after this, they're like, nah. So all those people who are needed, all those votes that are needed to uh, cement those seats for the Democrats, those people are simply just going to say, nah, enough of this. Enough of this. This is too much. They're not going to give the Republicans the power they need to control the Senate. It's just not going to happen. I have a, a, a viewer who is saying some stuff here. People follow emotion and don't do analysis on policies. True. Trump has no resume. All people who want him to create jobs do not realize Trump products are made overseas. He doesn't even follow his own rhetoric. Absolutely. And that was a, another dynamic to the Trump dynasty that most people had not internalized was that Trump solidly was not even an American manufacturer or producer. As much as Republicans are love to say that of all the two parties and of all the two people who follow them, they're the most patriotic. Trump wasn't either that. Trump has most of his businesses overseas. He borrows money from overseas banks. He, he doesn't have a product. That's another thing. He just has brands. He doesn't have a manufacturing product. He has brands. And the marketplace in America is that if you want to get the working class vote in Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and so on, you've got to be able to get people who are involved in manufacturing. Now, by the next election in 2022, by 2022, the Democrats are going to get Ohio back and Indiana back because they're going to be successful at getting those local elections won. The 2022 local elections that decide a lot of the senator, state senators and the local legislatures, the Democrats are going to win that. It's just going to be a wash because people in, in, in about a year, 18 months from now, a lot of working class white people who had supported Trump and a lot of people who earn less than $100,000 a year, because that's mostly his base right now, are people who earn less than 100000 a year. A lot of those people are going to wake up a year and a half from now and realize that, damn, I made the mistake of a lifetime. You put your trust in a man who not only is not loyal to America because he doesn't have products made in America by Americans, but you put your trust in a man who, for all intents and purposes, is simply going to destroy, has destroyed the country. So I say to everybody, don't worry about all the stuff he's not going to concede. The Constitution does not require the opposing uh, candidate to concede in order for the election process to continue. That's not a requirement. What is a requirement is that the GSA, the Government Services Administration, move ahead and do their job. And again, Trump had that locked in. See, they looked at all of this because they knew that this was coming. They knew that there was no way Trump could have won based on his rhetoric, 
against immigrants based on his rhetoric against black and brown people, based on the George Floyd debacle, based on the handling of the pandemic. They knew that. So now what you're finding is that all the Republicans are lining up behind Trump because what? They want the votes to go forward in 2022. So up until 2022, they're still going to say that Trump lost the election, that the elections were rigged. They're still going to maintain it, not because they believe in Donald, but because they like the people whom Donald brought. So something is going to have to happen to make the people who supported Donald not support his rhetoric anymore until they realize how much danger the country was in. Because they claim to love America more than you and I. So until they realize how much danger the country was in, they're not going to see it. You see what I'm saying? That's just a straight up fact. So don't worry about all the posturing and pontificating. They know they're not likely to win because you have to have the evidence. If you're going to, it's just, you know, it's, have you ever been to court? Anybody ever been to court? Right. You ever had a traffic ticket? That's what I've been to court for. If you, maybe like what, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, it's longer. Good God, it's been a while. Uh, if you ever go to court, you have to bring the evidence. So if they say that I was speeding, they have to have the copy of the, the citation from the, the police saying that I have, I was speeding, right? <laughs> okay. You have to bring the evidence. They don't have any evidence, not because they don't have access to election records, because there is no evidence. As a matter of fact, one Trump supporter had requested a ballot in his dead mother's name. And the rest of us are like, dude, seriously? You do know that when people die, it is recorded in the county registrar of births and deaths. And you do know that when when they send you out a ballot, you do know that they did check. You do know that, right? Okay, so you apply for the ballot, and there's a little thing that says, are you a citizen bomb? That's it. They ask, Don't they ask you for your name, date of birth, social security number, because people have different names? Okay, all right. So they do check. <laughs> I, I am just amazed at how people don't know how government is. I, 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 I'm, I'm amazed. So help me out a little bit, right? So they do check to see how much. And then when they check, they, you send back a ballot in some dead person's name. You're going to jail. That's election fraud. And that's a felony. I was very amused when I saw yesterday that the attorney general is going to, uh, 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 he fired the, uh, the person who is in charge of electioneering. And I'm like, you're overturning the work of your own agency because here in Southeast Michigan, uh, last week, the, the U.S. attorney who was appointed by Trump explained how much his office was doing to avoid election fraud. I mean, come on, people, like, get your act together. Like, can you coordinate? You, 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 your office knows the truth and know they have to comply with the law. But you're over here saying people committed fraud, but you don't have any evidence. How are you going to go to court without evidence? You accuse somebody of killing someone. What is the evidence? The evidence is that the person is dead, right? And you can say definitively the person showed up was at the place at the time when the murder was committed. That's the evidence. You can't go to court without evidence, so they don't have any evidence. So don't sweat the small stuff. We got to move forward as a nation. Don't sweat it. That's not the issue. They're doing all of this so that they can convince their supporters that they still have them because they need two, two things. They need the Georgia election, and they are looking forward to 2022. Ain't going to happen either. I'm sorry. 
The Republicans have just about, they're, they're on borrowed time. They've dismantled their party by what by support of Trump and backing Trump in everything that he did. And they can't see it yet, but it, the long-term disaster and the long-term detriment that it has done will become evident over time. And that's when they're going to realize that. So uh, in, into this foray comes this thing today that the Trump administration has submitted to the Supreme Court their argument for repealing Obamacare. Now, this was something that the Trump administration had said it was going to do from day one. Uh, inside of Obamacare is the condition for people with pre-existing conditions to have access to health care, so you can't be denied health care. The Republicans want the whole thing repealed for no other reason than guess why? Because it has Obama name on it. Now, the real truth of the matter is Trump created this debacle because he wanted uh, he wanted to rename it Trump Care. Obamacare is an effective plan. Actually, Obama shouldn't even take the credit for it because it actually came from Mitt Romney, who was the governor of Massachusetts, who actually uh, created that universal health care in Massachusetts. Obama just said, if we have a similar plan, why can't we take it nationwide? Because he decided to take it nationwide, they called it Obamacare. Trump hates that. Trump hates any idea of competition. You heard him say that he's not accustomed to defeat and he doesn't know how to handle defeat. He's a liar. He's had six bankruptcies. That's defeat. Trump has never really lost anything in his life. He walked away from marriages, so he's never lost. He's never had somebody leave him. He's never lost anything. He hasn't gone through the pain that most of us, the pain of living. The pain of the human condition, losing someone you love to something irrevocable like sickness or death. The pain of human condition like losing a job and not being able to, can't keep your house. Trump does not know that, so he can't identify with that. So he, hence, he makes fun of people. And the people in his audience are standing there, and they're loving it because somehow it appeals to their base nature to make fun of the condition of others. You've heard some of those very working class white people say the same thing. At least I am not black. It's sort of like saying, even if on your worst day as a white person, no matter how bad it is for you as a white person on your worst day, at least you are not black. That's how they look at it. And it's sad that this is the mentality that most of us grew up in and our parents and grandparents and to this day, we're still seeing it happen. Now, the problem I have with, with the Affordable Care Act, I'm going to be honest with you, is the condition that it has with pre-existing conditions. You know what is bothering me right now? I believe that two years from now, a lot of people are going to develop other illnesses as a result of coronavirus. Coronavirus is going to be what? A pre-existing condition. Who's going to cover that? I, I, I am at a loss as to why working class white people who cannot afford health insurance on their own, and most of whom have family members or themselves are on Obamacare, think it's a great idea to repeal it just because a black man's name is on it. That's all that it is. You, that it, it's, a, it's clear cut. So you want to repeal it in the midst of a pandemic. Now, check this out. He has rammed the Supreme Court with his surrogates 
So more than likely, it is going to be repealed. Don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. Because when Joe Biden is sworn in after January 20th, they're going to pack the Supreme Court and reinstate Obamacare just like that. Because you cannot run a country and not care about all the people in the country. And the people are not going to forget the Republicans' role in repealing Obamacare when they have sick family members, sick themselves. A lot of rural whites are where Trump got his voting power. Rural whites are disconnected from the mainstream. They listen to Fox News, who became Trump's mouthpiece and bullhorn, because Fox is owned by Rupert Murdoch. He also owns the New York Post and bought the Washington Post. That's why you see some crazy stuff coming out on the Washington Post. You're like, what the hell? Where's journalistic integrity? It left with Robert Rupert Murdoch. So rural whites don't have, they, they just shut themselves off. They don't want to hear the truth. All they want is white is right. They want to go back to an America where they were white and they got ahead because you were white. You didn't get ahead because of your input. You didn't get ahead because of your education. You didn't get ahead because you worked for it. You got ahead because you're white. That's the America that a lot of them want to go back to. That America does not exist. Thanks to Obamacare, they're getting what? They're getting their health insurance. So when Obamacare is repealed, the first group of people going to feel it are rural whites. They will not be able to get their medication. I was at my doctor a couple weeks ago, and I asked her as a practicing medical professional what's going to happen. And she said, right now, doctors, are going to, she said, doctors are working on ways to make sure people get their medications in spite of Obamacare being repealed. Because I asked, I said, what are you all going to do? Because she says, the resulting chaos that is going to emanate from the repeal of Obamacare is remarkable. She says, a lot of uh, healthcare centers, a lot of urgent care centers would have to close. A lot of doctors' offices are reliant on people who are on Obamacare to keep them going. So she said a lot of doctors are going to be out of work because they simply won't have jobs because hospitals don't really hire doctors. You know that. Hospitals hire doctors as interns <laughs> and pay the other doctors on contract to show up when they build their, the patient's insurance company. You need to know how the system works. So a lot of doctors, the young doctors who just come out of medical school, right? The young doctors, they get hired to work in the emergency room. So now you know why you go to the hospital and you're invariably encountering a, a physician's assistant and a nurse practitioner. That is why. It's cheaper to hire them than to hire a doctor and pay him half a million dollars a year, 300000 a year, 400000 and 500000 a year. Cheaper to hire a nurse practitioner and a physician's assistant who basically does the same thing but doesn't have the specialization. Now you know. I just let the poops out of the bag. So my doctor explained that Obamacare and the repeal of it has such far-reaching implications that there is going to be chaos. Because she said a lot of people who are on automatic renewal of their medications based on their disease process, those will not happen. It's going to just shut off and stop. And she said, in the interim, the doctors are hope, were hoping for if there's a change in administration, then a change in administration would produce a resumption of Obamacare. She said, if that's what they were working, they're hoping for. This was back in October. 
long before the elections, like early October, when I had this conversation, because I asked for an explanation from a healthcare perspective. I can't begin to tell you how much that impacted me because I was like, so if I'm sitting here and I'll, I said, anyway, let me stop talking. I, I just went away. These are the same people. So, and this is the thing that befuddles most of us. It's how come working class white people support a man who wants to repeal Obamacare, right? Something that provides health care for you. I, I've never understood it. Please explain to me how you cut your nose off to spite your face. We all want an explanation. You, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You, you know, uh, let me read what someone is saying here to me. Uh, you definitely know the hospital. It's also why teaching hospitals are so prevalent. You're literally being treated by a student. Absolutely. You have no idea. Uh, I worked in healthcare. I was a healthcare consultant for many years. I specialized, I was a Medicare accreditation specialist, so I specialized in accrediting community health, community-based health care entities. Uh, and I did that here in Michigan, in Ohio, and in Arizona. I set up what is called home health care agencies. So I knew the Medicare laws inside and out. I'm not as familiar with them today as I was then. I had to be then. I, were, I really was. I really was. I really, really knew it. Okay, so when Obamacare came in, what it did was the conditions under Boner. Anybody remember Speaker of the House Boner? He was a senator from, I can't remember which dumb state he came from. I mean, the people are just nuts. You cut your vote and you cut your nose off to spite your face. And Boner created conditions within Obamacare for it to be uh, passed. And one of them was if a doctor... Uh, who works for an HMO, because that's how the system is organized, health maintenance organization, doctors have to become a part of it in order to work for hospitals. So they set it up. So you graduate medical school and you think you, oh, I'm, I have medical training, now I can go help people. Wrong move. You're not going to do it like that. You become part of a system that is making people sicker. Don't let, let me get started. So you become part of it. You have to be part of an HMO. And if you're part of an HMO, guess what? You could not be an independent contractor, so you couldn't write a prescription for organizations like the ones I represented to survive. My business was cut off. I had, an, I had a consulting business, ALG Corporation. I couldn't get a jack person who was in it. Everybody suddenly left and said, we're going to take our money elsewhere. We can't invest because we will never get paid by Medicare because they could not be authenticated. They couldn't go out and see patients because it needs a doctor's order. When you go to the doctor, if the doctor says you need to go run some tests at the lab, the doctor writes a prescription or a doctor's order. Well, in home health care, it's the same thing. For people to go and see your mama, the doctor has to write a prescription called a doctor's order. Under Obamacare, they repeal that. My business dried up. I was out of work for the next 10 years. <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not. 2010, it, it, the resounding bell started, and it did not stop. I was out of work by 2011. Boom. End of story. Over and out. Took a, took a year, <laughs> right? And so, and so when you look at how Obamacare is structured, and you look at how hospitals are administered. And by the way, if you, you can find this information if you really search for it. 
This is not something new. It's just that it's not made apparent to the public. So a lot of people get their news from Fox News. Fox News gives you, you have to understand, you can't always take what you read on TV. It's not everything that you, you watch on CNN or MSNBC or ABC or CBS that you take for granted. You've got to understand who is behind it. When I watched how CNN covered uh, Mr. Trump's administration after a while, I said, but the anchors are trying to posit like different perspectives, but they give him a lot more coverage than they gave anybody else. Well, CNN is owed by a group of people who are Republicans. So CNN is now just like Fox. They're, they're just churn out information. The journalists are trying to retain some sort of journalistic integrity because they want a paycheck, but they really are just like Fox. You look at ABC. So in other words, each of these networks come to the table with their own self-interest in mind. You can't rely on them to provide you with information. You have to go seek the information yourself. So before I talk about stuff, I do a lot of research. My daughter says that I could almost become a, a research student because I'm constantly updating and reading materials on what I need to talk about so that I'm not just that I'm conversant with the subject, but that I have a deep understanding from all perspectives. So when I come and tell you that the repealing of Obamacare is going to be problematic, it is going to be extremely problematic, not just for the end user, the patient, but it's also going to be problematic for who? For the people involved in healthcare, for the entire healthcare sector. Right now, they are, according to what I've been told, they are way they are formed lobby groups who are going to lobby for certain changes to be made because it is not going to be advantageous. A lot of rural areas, for instance, there are, do you know that, can I just stop right there? Let me educate you and tell you something else I learned. Do you know that in some rural areas, there's a hospital every 50 to 75 or 100 miles? Here in the metro Detroit area, we have a hospital like every 10 miles or less. We have hospitals like three, four, five miles, you can find a hospital. In rural areas, hospitals are like 50 to 75 to 100 miles. So if someone gets sick, what happens? They can't get to any get to a hospital, but they probably can get to what is called an urgent care, right? Or a doctor's office. If it's on a weekend, an urgent care. Then they can get an ambulance from there to be transported to a hospital. Are you hearing me? This is why we were worried about the coronavirus. Now you get it? Because when the coronavirus spikes in rural areas, the time to transfer people is involved in causing a lot of deaths. Now you are getting it. Here in Michigan, there's a, a pocket that uh, in Michigan, uh, just north of the Detroit area, uh, just about around the thumb. I found out that they have more healthcare resources because they're white. So there is that racism in healthcare as well that has contributed to that because their population is nondescript compared to the 6 million people who live in the Southeast Michigan corner here, especially in the Detroit Wayne County corner. Are you hearing what I'm saying? These are the facts, but you cannot tell Trumpsters. You cannot tell people who support Donald Trump. And I know that man is listening to me this morning who called in. He sounds because I've seen his number before. I know he's listening because he gets the facts. But you cannot tell people 
who support Donald Trump these facts. They don't want to hear that. They want to hear what Fox tells them, that everything is done by black and brown people and by immigrants, and immigrants are a problem. You're all forgetting that your great-grandparents were immigrants once upon a time. You're all forgetting that immigrants sometimes do the work that you all don't want to do. Like, I'm talking about this right now. Would you come on my show and talk about this and, and present it like this? No. You're not interested. I, I, I mean to say, what what is the disconnect here? We cannot make the facts any more plain for anybody else. You see what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I was in insurance authorization for hospitals for years. Medicine in America is a business and it's all about making profits. Hello, somebody. Would you tell them that? People need to understand how the system works. There are different classifications. Many, many, by the way, have you ever wondered why you go to the doctor and start complaining about something and all of a sudden you have cancer? Can I just tell you know how much money the cancer drugs are? First of all, let me help you out. They're not going to tell you the truth, so I'm going to tell you. Most of the times, it's not the cancer that kills people. It's the medication. It's the radiation that they give you. You ever read up on radiation? Radiation does what? To a healthy person like me and you, if you were to give me radiation in 24 hours, it kills me. It shuts down your major organs, causes hair loss. Listen, shuts down your major organs, causes hair loss. Sounds familiar? So you are taking chemotherapy, which is liquid radiation, and you wonder why your hair gets lost, and then your major organs start shutting down, and they tell you that cancer is advanced. It's not the cancer that kills you. It's the drugs. But you should check out the bill from your insurance agency, from your insurance company. Check out the bill that the doctor who is dispensing that, check out the bill that they send to the insurance, insurance company. That's why medicine in America is a big business. Now you get it. So this Obamacare repeal is going to be so disruptive. It's like the Republicans on the one hand are big business. They're, the hospitals have lobbies who pay lobbies to go, you know, lobby Republican representatives. The hospitals, yes, right? Then you have doctors who have their own lobbying block. Yes, stop acting like you don't know how America is run. It is what it is. And then on the other hand, you have the Republicans shutting down Obamacare, knowing it's going to impact the very business of healthcare. Jeb Bush, the Bush family, owned a large hospital system called Tenet Healthcare. Ever heard of them? Nah, chances are you haven't. They're owned by Jeb Bush. They own hospitals across multiple states, including here in Michigan. They will be part of the group who are listening to the repeal of Obamacare because that is going to impact their business. So you are asking yourself the question, then why are they not doing something to stop its self-interest? If, if, if it is going to be repealed, then they're going to find another way so that they can bill Medicare and bill insurance companies for the care that they provide. So essentially, on the one face of it, they're Republicans, so they're kind of siding with the Republican side of the argument. And on the other face of it, they're like, well, I'm going to find a way still to make money. Or better yet, when it stops making money for them, what do they do? They sell it off and leave the workers and leave the people with their hands up. 
you see why the Democrats have always kind of appealed to working class people because they had what is called what? Unions. And the unions prevented a lot of this. What do the Republicans do? They come in and bust up the unions so that they can have access to management and they can have access to the ownership of companies and thereby control the outcome. We need to break that up because it's not working for all. That's my thing. It has to work for the good of all. I have, I'm an entrepreneur myself. I'm a businesswoman. This that I do is a business for me, right? So just like everybody else, I'm in the business of what? Making money. I have to eat. I have my bills to pay. And a girl still has to look good even on camera. Amen to that, right? So I'm, I am not averse to money. I love money. Money provides and money solves a multitude of things. But at the same time, I find that I am also concerned about people, and I'm concerned about how my people will perish for lack of knowledge. I'm concerned about their health care, especially I can't get over the rural American part. I cannot get over because despite the fact that they're white and they're racist, I'm looking at their humanity, not their color. I'm looking at their humanity, not their politics. And I'm like, how are you going to get your blood pressure meds? How are you going to get your diabetic meds so you don't have neuropathy? Especially as we approach winter and many of them cannot get out. So they have an arrangement with their doctor. They call into the pharmacist and say, it is out. The pharmacist sends them a text. They click on the text and the pharmacist renews it and mail their medication out to them so they don't have to get into their little trucks and drive over 30 miles to the nearest pharmacy because they live in rural America. This is why when they crashed the, the, the postal service, I was like, Jesus Christ, the Republicans are so self-serving. They didn't even take into consideration that they were hurting a huge part of their population. But they knew something I didn't know. You know what that is? You can stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and they still would vote for it. Because the man has convinced them as a, as a, as a celebrity that they can do anything. And if you don't believe me, the same thing happened in the black community. Ice Cube and 50 Cent and some other guy uh, came to the black community knowing and black people knew that there is no way Donald Trump was representing their interests. But because they're celebrities, they said, well, they know more than I do. They have more money than I do. So I'm going to listen to them. Wrong move. It's the same thing with white working class Americans. You're working class if you're still working and if you're earning under $100,000 a year. When you start making over $75,000 a year, you start making it because now you have some you know, you have some coin. Now you have some money that you can make better decisions and you can plan more. I'm telling you all, we all need to stop and take notes of who these folks are so that as we advance in age, because we're going to live longer, because we have had better health care, and we have had better diets, right? Despite the fact that the environment has polluted our systems, we have still been subject to or been exposed to better diets. We have had a better lifestyle. We have exercised and so on, right? And we have eaten better and taken our vitamins. So we're going to live longer. My generation, we're going to be here for another 30, 35, 40 years and still be upright. It's not going to be 85 like 85 is now. We're still going to be like, yeah, I turned 85, but I'm going on a, on, a, on a trip. I'm taking a vacation. That's how it's going to be with us. So we have to be very careful about planning for the future. So you can't make uh, short-term decisions for now based on the current demographic that people die after 70. It's not going to happen this time. 
You see what I'm saying? You have to plan into the future. So it's similar to voting. I am asking everyone, when we're going to vote now, everybody needs to sit down and do some research. Call for a mail-in ballot. If you're not going to get a mail-in ballot, at least research the people who are seeking your vote. What do they stand for? Because these are the decisions that they make that are likely to hurt all of us going forward. Today, they're going to repeal the Obamacare. They're going to repeal it because that was a campaign promise, and Donald Trump is doing it for no other reason because it has a black man's name on it. That's it. But what is going to happen to people who have children at home? Can you imagine you have a disabled child at home? Who's going to pay the doctors for that child? Who's going to pay for the medication for that child? You have a disabled spouse at home who worked and is now ill because he got injured on the job. Who's going to pay for that? Who's going to pay for the care of your mama and your papa? Because many seniors have Medicare, but also have Medicaid as their secondary because of their income levels. Are you hearing me? Who is going to pick up the slack? Who is going to make sure when this is all said and done that come 1st of December, people will be able to get their, their medications. Who's going to do that, y'all? Are you hearing me? That is what is at stake. That is what is at stake. So to the gentleman who called in yesterday, I'm still looking to see if he called back. I know he's out there somewhere. He probably is uh, not feeling himself, but feeling very disrespected because I did tell him, I said, you need to go online and look who, who I am and respect me when you come to me. I don't disrespect you. Respect me right? Because I'm a person verified and respected. And I'm a person who deserves respect because I don't just go around and disrespect people, right? We need to, we need to really look into this, but I'm here to reassure you, even if they repeal it, even when they repeal it, if it goes through, do not sweat the small stuff, okay? Don't worry about it. It's going to be re-implemented after January 20th, because there, listen to me, look at me. There are too many sick people in this country. And I know some of you, you're in your Aki right now. You're just in your moment and you're euphoric about electing a man who looked you straight in the face and told you he was going to kill you off anyway. And you, he smiled with you. And he posed in front of you a lifestyle that you want to attain to, but you can't get there. He lands in the middle of an airfield on, on Marine One, and you all think, whoa, look at that. Look at that. I want to live like that. Big pimping and so on. Listen to me very carefully. That same man is about to shut your life support off. You know what that means? There are a lot of people on life support whom Obamacare is taking care of who are going to be cut off. A lot of people right now who are so worried there are the 75 million who voted for Joe Biden. Everybody else is just pretending. I look at you all and I'm like, show me what you really have. Show me how much debt you have in comparison to how much income you have. Because people like to show off. <laughs> Eric, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of straight and blunt. I'm like, show me what you got. Because if you think your paltry little sum add up to the millions that Donald Trump has access to, that when he leaves the office, he's going to collect. What he's really worried about is that after he leaves office, he has 4,000 lawsuits pending worldwide, not just in America. He's wanted for money laundering in Scotland. 
And when he becomes an ordinary citizen, they're going to come for him, including the Chinese, whom he owes almost $400 million to. They're going to come for him. This is the same guy who has robbed you of your health care protection. Good luck. Next time, when you're choosing candidates, you are going to be ever so much more careful. You're not just going to listen to their rhetoric. You're going to read up on them. You have a computer in your hand, even if you live in rural America. I know the internet is spotty sometimes. I've been out in rural America, some parts of Ohio and so on, and you're, this is you, like, I've driven through Wisconsin, and I'm like, I love America. It's so varied. It's incredible. You can drive 70 miles and, <laughs> and see a whole different view, right? But I know the internet is spotty. But you have that. You put in their name, John Smith, and read up everything about John Smith before you put your vote and put your trust. When you vote for someone, understand that you are putting your life in their hands. You are literally putting trust in them that they're going to take care of you because they're going to do what? Implement policies and execute policies that affect your life. It affects your property, your property value. It affects your insurance. It affects your life. It affects your money, your money in your 401k. It affects your like, damn it, Harriet, but I, I'm a millionaire and I'm not going to get a return back. But that return was stolen anyway. The IRS is going to audit everybody who got those tax returns. Watch my words. It may not happen this year. It may not happen next year. But know that in a few years, everybody who got those fantastic returns, especially the stimulus uh, foolishness that came out the first time, that stimulus business where people who earned over a million dollars could get a refund, could get a stimulus of a million dollars or more, the IRS is going to audit everybody. They've started already. You just haven't been notified yet. It's coming, right? Lord have mercy. Oh, Jesus, have mercy. <laughs> Have mercy, right? So so now we're at this point. So uh, the next few weeks, we have about 74 more days or 73 days to January 20th. It's going to be nerve-wracking for a lot of us. It, it, it's going to be like teeth biting, grin, and hold on and bear it. We've got to get our democracy back on track, and we've got to get our country back on track. So we're going to shake a little bit, but understand as much as he's a threat, Donald Trump does not have the capability to totally annihilate America. He doesn't have access to the nuclear codes. He never really did. They kind of took it from him the first time. He just thinks he has it, but he really doesn't have it. He wasn't the keeper of it. The military is not going to tell you. They, they, they kind of, when they realized where he was swinging to, they're like, oh, no, we can't do that. We can't, we can't do that. Trust me, they did not. But they're not going to tell you. They're going to smile in your face and tell you something else. So you don't have to worry about that. You also don't have to worry about anything else. You're going to have to trust the process and trust that God is in control. I know it doesn't look like it because Christian evangelicals are preaching up a storm. They, too, have a lot on the line. They're the ones who have those million-dollar refunds who are going to be audited. So they have reasons to be worried because they're being propped up and protected by a lot of the local laws and the local people around them because they have questionable finances and they too are going to be investigated. Trust me on that. A lot of them are, might be wearing a different kind of suit when this is all said and done. Not for any other reason than they were grifters. That's all. That's all it comes down to. Next time, look carefully. 
at the people who are soliciting your vote, look carefully at what they say so that you don't end up putting your trust in the hands of a grifter who, when it's all said and done, is going to move on and go back into his mansion. And you are sitting out on the stoop with no health insurance, no money, no food stamps, no nothing. Everything is cut off, right? I got to go, folks. It's an hour. I got stuff to do. Hey, uh, I think he fired Esper due to his refusal to engage in a future action and not his reaction to the tear gassing. I think so. I think, but Esper had resigned because he knew he saw this was coming. I think he fired him for that very same reason. Because Trump wants people, this is a guy who likes to make big announcements. He likes attention. That's why he went and hung out with Kim, Kim Jong-un and, and Putin who are dictators in their own countries. Trump does not want to be seen as a loser right now because that's what, have you seen the newspapers from all over the world? If it's one thing they're collectively all saying is that he's a loser. That is affecting him. It affects all of us when we lose something. Have you ever gone for something and lost it? We all have. So we've all experienced loss and and losing something that you wanted and, and, and has worked for and tried to attain. We all have. But Trump is not the kind of personality who walks away from that. So he's going to try a number of things. Trust me, he's going to try a lot. It doesn't mean he's going to win, though. He's not. And especially when it comes to military, I hate to say it, but they don't have his back. Right? Exactly. <laughs> he wanted an expert. Right. But it's not going to happen because come the way the Constitution is written, the way the country is organized, come January 20th at noon, you're out. His constitutional authority, that's why it's four years. It's not the election that just makes it four years. It's the, the time you assume power. The time you assume power, January 20th, 21st, every, every, you know, every four years, you're, that's when your four years start. And it starts and runs out January 20th, 20 years, four years later. He assumed power on January 21st or 20-something, 2017. Well, come January 20th, 2021, it will be what? Exactly four powers, four years, right? So he's he's going to have to go whether he likes it or not. And he's not going to go willingly. He's, he's going to say, I'm going to give this up. Wait on what, what, what happens. See, right now he's feeling all the bluster. <laughs> right. Exactly. They will remove him forcibly. The same Secret Service who were part of his detail, they will be remove you forcibly. But watch what's going to happen. He's going to bluster right up until December. He's not going to quit. I, I, I said this before on a previous podcast. Donald Trump is not going to concede until December 31st. He's not going to give up until then. He's going to bluster. He's going to do everything in his power. He's going to threaten military strikes. When it, the more, the closer he gets to it, is the more desperate he's going to become. And then he's going to get, re, and then it's not going to be until after that time when he realizes that there is no place that he can go. That's when he's going to say, okay, I guess. And by that time, the damage. Uh, but the good news is the damage is not irreversible. They are going to put Obamacare back because it's important because there are a lot of people who have disabled relatives and a lot of people who are dependent on it. A lot of people who need their bipolar meds, 
who can't function without it. And you and I don't want them running around in the streets without their bipolar meds and their schizophrenic meds. Come on now. A lot of us have family members who need their meds every month. A lot of us. There are a lot of people who are worried about their parents. You live in one state. Your parents live in another state. If their meds don't get delivered to them because they're homebound, right, and they're homebound because they don't have the ability to move around, if they don't get their meds delivered, then how are they going to survive? A lot of people are worried about that. A lot of nursing homes get paid. You have your parents as constant in a nursing home because you work so frenetically. You can't take care of your parent. For you to stop and take care of your parent, you'd have to stop working. That means your life comes to a halt, right? You can't, if you were to take someone in to pay them, you don't know if they're going to give them the 24-hour uh Thank you so much, everybody. Be blessed. Uh, I had to shut off on one platform. You don't know if you can trust someone to monitor them at home. Your home may not even be built around that. You may have family. You may have a husband and other things to consider, right? So a lot of people, do you see what I'm saying? So this is, this is more far-reaching than we realize. There are a lot of people who uh, have vested interest in this who simply don't know where this is going to go. It's, it's the craziest thing. It, it, there is a lot more involved than what we are looking at. And I'm afraid most of us have not taken the time to really consider and to really think about what we, what we did. It is very important that we understand the processes of government and how they work. You can't just see somebody getting up. Uh, here in the Detroit area, for instance, you see all kind of people just suddenly think they're going to run for office. I'm like, what is on your agenda? What are you passionate about? I want to hear what is it that you think you can change? Because if you don't think that you can change anything for the better, then I don't think you're worthy of public office. But we don't do that. We listen to some guy who is a showman who comes out and dance to macho, macho man. And we say, yeah, that's my guy. I like that guy. He's going to take away your parents and your grandparents' ability to live right now. Good luck. How are you going to recover from that? Right. Thanks so much, everybody. Peace. Peace out. Thanks so much. This is as down to earth as I could do it this morning. Thank you so much. Be blessed. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.